1: Well, you remember that film back in 1991, Backdraft. Uh, it was a film directed by Ron Howard, and uh, Kurt Russell was in there, William Baldwin, and, and a host of talent actors, that names you'd recognize. And it was based out of Chicago, a group of Chicago firefighters on the trail of a serial arsonist. It was a, it was a hell of a thriller, as I recall. And, uh, you know, the whole sense of a Backdraft is uh, when oxygen, and uh, that oxygen hits the room and boom, combusts and creates a backdraft uh, of course very serious for firefighters and this of course happens in real life all the time but the movie sensationalized that that oxygen hitting that space and you see that explosive burning of sort of superheated gases that would cause a tremendous fire and blaze I got thinking about that film and and started thinking about it, it reminded me kind of of Donald Trump and of course, with the backdraft, now you see the backlash that's happening all across uh, America uh, in support for the president. Now, just think, uh, Trump is sort of like the oxygen that hits that depleted area, and boom, it hits an explosive fire and people get pretty lit and juiced. I think we just uh, described the phenomenon on what is Donald Trump. That kind of explains a whole lot, doesn't it? Uh, Trump is the oxygen that hits the room and Combust and creates that uh, environment or explosiveness that drives some people absolutely crazy. Explore today the backlash that's happening across America, and also pose the question: You, know, why do conservatives support and love Donald Trump? Uh, why has he electrified the conservative movement? Uh, really, and and of course he's uh, unsettled. Uh, a lot of the Pelosi and company, a lot of the leftist Democrats, and really the establishment, all of the Republicans as well. Uh, that, But, you know, a lot of those people, too, when you think about it, are they really, really conservative? Do they understand conservative values? I, I think you can answer that yourself. Well, we're seeing the backlash now, which is really, truly amazing. I mean, we'll start with Liz Cheney is remarkable what's happening in Wyoming with the Republican Party there. And remember Cheney was uh, she's number three in the House. Now, she got through, you know, the uh, the the uh, concept they were trying to pull her out of the uh, leadership role there. And there was a vote, of course, taken and she she got by that. But I'll tell you what, she ain't getting so by so easy in her home state for sure. Uh, And so they have motion to censure her in Wyoming. But it goes further than that, actually, now. And and a lot of these stories that you're seeing with a lot of these politicians, it's the same kind of story. They're being censured, but it's it's going further. They're asking for their resignation. And that's what's happening in Wyoming. They are asking for Liz Cheney's uh, resignation. And but also the the party there in the state, they intend to withhold any further political funding from her. Imagine that. huh? Uh, So they're going to hit a right where it counts. Uh, Now, of course, Cheney says my vote to impeach was compelled by the oath I swore to the Constitution. Wyoming citizens know that this oath does not bend or yield to politics or partisanship. Give me a break. I mean, that's just political speak, duck speak, if there ever was. She's sort of in a rock and a hard place right now because the state is hitting back heavy with her. Uh, she has obviously stepped on it. She, she's created a backdraft uh, right there in, in Wyoming. But it goes further than that as well. You start looking at a lot of these other politicians here. Uh, let's look at uh, Bill Cassidy, uh, the senator out of Louisiana. And same thing, censored. They ask him for his resignation. And a lot of these states, they're, they don't, they're not going to support these candidates any further. The party's hitting back. Of course, you see Mitt Romney, he, he's just, it's typical. And it's hard to know what the attraction is. They Some st- say he still has tremendous support in Utah. Not sure how that works for him in the future. He is definitely uh, probably one of the most... Uh, popular invisible flies in the ointment out there for sure. Lisa Murkowski, same cast of characters here. Ben Sass of Nebraska, of course. Then you also got Richard Burr of North Carolina, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Uh, and all, all these folks now have been, are being censured and they're being uh, uh, reprimanded from their, uh, from their respective states, being asked to resign so what's causing all this? Oh, and, and then you also remember McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. He, he initially, if you remember what he said after the Capitol the Sixth, he can't, in fact, a lot of us were surprised. As many of us were watching that uh, event just after the Sixth, we were wondering how uh, a lot of these uh, political operatives, what they would do and how that, that vacuum, again, that, that backdraft, how that would hit uh, it, and with the support of Donald Trump, you know, it, it could have went a few different ways there. And many people were questioning: Will the people still support the president? Uh, will will the, you know, we, the people? I'm speaking of. You know, will the party? Uh, will what about the establishment? Well, the establishment never supported Donald Trump, so that really isn't a stretch, there, is it? Now, I mean, they've always been threatened by Trump for for all the obvious reasons. Uh, and some not so obvious, but you see this list here of of politicians that are causing this with the backlash all over the country. And it it is remarkable that uh, you see the support. And I would say to you a a couple of things here, you know, I think they forgot to ask the people, the constituents they represent. And a lot of these were pet peeves and establishment players like Liz Cheney. And, you know, that they just kind of, they only see it one way. I mean, Trump was never presidential to these people ever, ever, ever. Was he going to be presidential? You know, and, and when you really explore that, what does that really mean? Well, it, it really means, you know, being presidential doesn't mean getting shit done. Doesn't mean, you know, a, a, a man of action. That's not what being, presidential means. Go along to get along, play the game, look the part, stay in line learn to shut your mouth, that's presidential, you know? And we've had a whole host of those characters that didn't do anything for the American people, but what the hell, they look presidential, right? I mean, isn't that really it? And yet, you know, if you've got somebody that's truly effective, that doesn't just talk, but puts the action where the talk is and understands conservative values, well, that, so those people is not presidential, but I have news for you. For conservatives from seat to shine and seat, that damn well is presidential right there. And, and that really is where this whole thing parts right there. That's why there's this love of fear uh, for Donald Trump. And that's why the, the numbers in the party are in the stratosphere, people. And people still can't figure this out. And of course, the establishment people are running around saying, why, why, what kind of a hole does he have? And of course, the go to argument at that point is always that, oh, it's a cult. It's, it's got to be a cult. I mean, it's got to be a cult. I mean, why would they like this guy so much? It's got to be a cult. He, he, he's, he must have something over these people or something, you know? Got to be a cult. What else are they going to say, people? I mean, what else? What the hell else are they going to say? The fact that he is that popular, he got great results for the American people, that they actually like this president because that was a form of presidential. They, they loved and adored and wanted more of. I mean, versus the presidential aspect of what they're looking for, somebody who can go along to get along. It's a certain way to do business in Washington. And let's face it, people, when you step out of line, they don't like it. They don't like it at all, and they'll come out and they'll let you know that. Those are the Mitt Romneys of the world, and they're everywhere, the Ben sasses They're absolutely everywhere. They're, They're littered throughout. It has nothing to do with Republican and Democrat just has to do with big government establishment versus we the people and conservative values I and mean, it just makes sense that's that's the whole traction of this argument of, of Trump really it's, it 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 makes a lot of sense to me as to why conservatives love Donald Trump it's not for any other reason it's not because he's the poster child for good little boy or uh, that he represents some political establishment. It's because he got results and he respected conservative values and he put his money where his mouth is, people. I mean, donated his paycheck every, uh, every year, right, to charity. He put his skin in the game. That's that, we, we used to call that in the boardroom days, skin in the game. If you put skin in the game, you were in. You, you, were, you were definitely part of it. But not everybody puts skin in the game. Yeah, let, let's see who Biden's going to donate his checks to, right? Probably China, I'm sure. So uh, so again, these, these uh, politicians, these establishment players, the Liz Cheney's and the Mitt Romney's and all of that, you know, they, they forgot to ask the people they represent what the hell they wanted. Not, not, not too far of a stretch for politicians, is it now, Right. But the other thing they forgot to check and see is just how popular this president is with the people. They forgot that as well. And of course, as the establishment started piling on and blaming the president for peacefully and patriotically asking the people to uh, stand for the election, uh, you know, when that sort of rubbed off, then, uh, you know, I mean, what I got from the whole uh, capital uprising storm storming the capital all of that was that I mean you know you have to consider that maybe people had just had enough and this has been building for a lot of years I think with the ineptness of uh, congress I mean certainly the lowest uh, ratings of any uh, governmental body which we've talked about plenty I mean I think it's been they haven't been over 30 percent I I think it's like 30 years or something. It's a long time. I remember looking at those charts just last week with y'all, you, uh, you know, which just tells you. I mean, And, and the, you know, how bad it is. I mean, you can those numbers sometimes dip as low as, you know, 10, 12%. It's pretty despicable. And then, of course, they want to point fingers at the uh, popularity of Donald Trump. Well, listen, you know, uh, the popularity of Trump within the conservative movement is sky high. And there are a lot of reasons why. And the biggest one is that he's been effective. He he's made it cool again to be conservative, really. He's brought conservative values back. Now, that obviously is to the demise of all of these establishment players and, and those who are globalists, those who have other views of America there's going to be a lot to play out here. You have to remember as well, Nancy Pelosi is at the end of her parade I mean, her day and she she knows it. Her, her days are done now. I mean, listen, she's had her she's had her day in the sun or wherever the hell she's been. Uh, and she is at the end of her career. I mean, she, there's nowhere left for her to go. She's a, uh, a very bitter woman. Uh, She's uh, very angry. She comes across that way in all of her presentations. Uh, That's part of the time. The other part of the time, she appears to be on something, intoxicated or what have you. I don't know what it is. Uh, But if she gets outlandish, and she laughs herself. She's a very angry person. She's got some uh, anger management issues herself. Uh, And she, you know, she sees it. She doesn't see it as the people's house. She sees this as, the Pelosi's house, really. And that's the difference of that whole mindset. You have to respect what the whole concept of the people's house is. And which is, I think, plays a lot into what happened on the 6th when Americans uh, arose to make a stand and make a statement. And, and we, you know, we, we've chopped that enough up there to understand, you know, the, the word insurrection there's a lot of talk today about, well, it was it really an insurrection or not an insurrection. Well, listen, if, if people were there to do damage, you, you would have had a lot more damage and bloodshed and deaths that didn't happen at all. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it, sh- it should have never happened like that. You know, I, I, I never seen it as so much a problem because I think that people are going to rise and, uh, if it isn't there, it's going to be in some other form. But I, 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 I think there's a sense out there that people feel we're losing this country. And they really. And now they see that with the Biden administration policies. Now they really know we're losing the country. And people are going to fight for that. So listen, that's not an anomaly. What happened on the 6th, I have news for you. I think you're going to start to see more and more of this thing as people become unsettled. Uh, call it a flashpoint or whatever. Be another form of a backdraft, I guess you know. Um, so it's going to be interesting these next couple of elections to see how many of these uh, uh, these establishment players get swept out of office and what happens. Uh, as the states have censured, asking for their resignations, that sort of thing. The danger in all of this is the what we've been talking about in past days here is the splintering of the Republican party. That's the danger in all of it. We, we, we understand this is, it's a real concern. I mean, we can, it's easy to sit here and, you know, talk about the people we don't like within that party. And there are those that are kind of in the moderate line or those that are, they're not really conservatives but they tend, they can vote sometimes Republican, sometimes Democrat, and, you know, the whole host of players that fit into that. The Murkowski is a perfect example of what we're speaking about here. You, you're still, you know, eventually you want to replace those people. But at the meantime, in, in the moment, you still need those people uh, because they're not at least not a far left. So that's where the splintering of the party is very, very tricky, and it's hard. You know, there's a lot of talk about unite in America. I chuckle with that. We can't even unite a political group yet, let alone the country. How the hell are we going to do that? And you think about how do you unite the Republican Party? Uh, it, You know, that's, that's a tall order right now. It's a very tall order because you have that whole middle part of the party and you've got people that, you know, they don't like Trump's style and they're willing to you know, they're they're willing to have less success, I guess, maybe you call it, you know, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because it's almost like a personal vendetta. They don't like his style. They don't like the way he operates or the way he talks or the way he, the way he connected and put it out there on social media, on Twitter. You know, he did that for what, almost that four years, three and three quarter years, and it drove them all crazy. And until Twitter got the courage to pull the plug, and I say courage, it's a it's a silly form of courage on their end because they they're, they're losing billions of their value, and but you know that's that's a that's a stakes they that's a game they played with themselves that they made a decision strategically and internally, um, you know to, um, to 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 take it take it on the chin and uh, they took one for what they considered their Marxist team. And they decided that, uh, you know, they, they'd gamble their stock, gamble their future and start throwing not just Trump off the platform, but throw, throwing great conservative voices off the platform. Uh, so they, they took a gamble. They, they took a very big gamble and, and, and kind of seeing that in a weird way in a lot of areas of our country today where people are doing the same thing. It seems to me like lines are being drawn for sure, um, and uh, a lot of this has to work its way through. Still, I mean, we're 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 in the early early stages of of really. It's just a mess, and a lot of this has to work its way through. And we, we're going to have to see what happens over these next couple of elections to see the fallout and what what the remnants are, what really it all becomes. I mean, there are some tremendous opportunities as well within all of this but the card's gonna to have to be played right for that all to, to, you know, to uh, surface and come out here. Uh, so on another thing here with, with this whole Capitol rioting thing, you see the NAACP, and um, this is in cahoots with uh, Representative uh, Benny Thompson. He's the Democrat out of Miss- Mississippi now. So they just filed a federal lawsuit uh, against uh, President Trump and Rudy Giuliani, the attorney there, accusing them of conspiring to incite the violent riot at the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> and uh, also, by the way, they got a couple of other uh, gr- groups in there. They've they, they referenced as right-wing groups. I always love that. Uh, the Proud Boys, you've been hearing so much about, and the Oath Keepers, and uh, of course, some of those groups have had uh, different people in those groups already arrested uh, in connection with the attack on the 6th. So that, that's, uh, that's a fact. Now the lawsuit was filed uh, just a couple of days ago here, DC. And uh, it alleges that Trump Giuliani and members of the two groups uh, attempted to disenfranchise millions of black voters by preventing Congress from fulfilling its official duties to certify election results, uh, which they allege violate the, get a load of this, the 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act. Wow, that law allows suits seeking compensation for constitutional violations. You know, these, you know, I got thinking when I started to see this, these people obviously just have a lot of money to throw around. I mean, do they really think this is gonna go anywhere? I mean, did they, did they think that? I don't see them being successful with any of this. So I, I guess it's to me, it's more of a PR stunt, and for what purpose, I I do not know. And you're going to start to see more and more of these lawsuits come out. Uh, th- this is the this is one of many that we'll be seeing in the weeks ahead, in, in all different facets. There's going to be a pile on uh, to Donald Trump, uh, and uh, it just is. And and we knew that before, you know before all these recent events happened. This is unrelated to the six now. Just in general, they're gonna to try to go after as many ways as they can uh, to bang up uh, the president uh, very much. Now, Jason Miller, uh, the uh, spokesman for Donald Trump said, uh, in a quote here, President Trump has been acquitted on the Democrats' latest impeachment witch hunt and the facts are irrefutable. And uh, he said, President Trump did not plan, produce, or organize the January 6th rally on the ellipse. Uh, President Trump did not incite or conspire to incite any violence at the Capitol on January 6th. That was the official statement from Miller. So I asked you that question up front. Let's go back and answer that question. Why do conservatives support and love Donald Trump? So what do you think that is? I mean, Trump gave conservatism a name and a face that connected with tens of millions of new voters. He redefined the Republican Party in very unique ways. In fact, he, I would argue he bought conservatism back into the Republican Party because one of the things I used to, and this is a fact I've argued and debated really throughout the entire Obama years and the Bush years and all the way back for years, I would argue, that you know, conservatism didn't really fit into the Republican Party, and and I struggle with that for a long time. You know, again, as a political student, you have to put your name, you have to wear one of the hats. Typically, if you're going to be effective in this business, it's and that's pr- pretty sad, but it's the way it it operates here. You either wear a Democrat hat or a Republican hat. I mean, if you're going to vote in really these primaries and what have you, if wearing an independent hat. Well. You know, it just doesn't go as far, even though many of us are independent minded, we still have very conservative values. And so I struggled for many, many years with that. And I would call out the Republican Party routinely, regularly. This was way before Donald Trump now, I, uh, all the way back to the Tea Party days, really. I would uh, I embrace the concept of the Tea Party because I I thought there were terrific values to get, you know, to be less reckless with our spending and our future and basic fundamental conservative values would have meant. And, and, And the other thing with the Republican Party back then. I, I used to wish that they would stay out of the bedroom and stay out of people's affairs. Um, you know they they a lot of these arguments would become very political and very much on fire um, within women's rights and other rights. And a lot of that stuff doesn't really have to enter the political arena, but it does And it, it would be a lot easier if we didn't have to argue all of these social values uh, but that and that's where I think, conservatism and the Republican Party lose a lot of support in that middle aisle uh, because of the social values. And, and they were very successful, the left, at branding uh, Republicans as the old white man's party. And they did that very successfully for decades. And, and they, you know, they threw out a, a, a false illusion out there that they were for Black America and Hispanic America and for the middle class, remember that, that, that the Democrats were now. It was in a, 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 a total, total illusion. But they were successful in spinning that brand out there in, in ways that were tremendous success for them. And so from a Brandon's standpoint, it was really unique. And I have seen that over the years, and I struggled with it as a young guy with the Republican party being this branded as this old white man's party. It didn't really sit well with me, but I really didn't understand why they, why they mocked it all up um, and with all of these social values and why they didn't connect more with grassroots and with people's needs. And why they also didn't get back to being more dependable with the purse strings also and why, you know, stop spending like drunken sailors. And so I I railed against this for years as just a as a political analyst when I was on national radio all the time uh, in the early days when they haven't left the boardroom on a lot of the radio networks. Uh, before America Out Loud. And, and I would talk about this all the time. He, he, that I just, it really, I, I remember the conversation as vivid as it is today. Uh, it's been a while since I've had those conversations, but I'm kind of bringing it all back a little bit more now that we're talking about Trump and his attraction to uh, conservatism and the American party and, and what this backlash is all about, which I really think is backdraft I really think uh, Trump is the oxygen that hit the Republican Party. Boom! Blew the whole damn thing up, man. Wow. It really was a backdraft. It's like created a whole spark bombfire effect. Uh, woke people up. It's what it did. And brought a whole new name back to conservatism. And also, I, I really, in a, I guess a positive way, you'd say it also brought a, a better name back to the Republican Party. I've had a hard time with the word Republican, truth be told. I I have for a long, long time, way before Donald Trump. I didn't really find it very cool to be a Republican. It didn't, my values, I'm saying, were far more conservative than the Republican Party. And I'm not a libertarian. I'm not, I don't fit into that camp either. Um, But I'm talking real conservative values. It's hard for people like me to find a home uh, when, you had a Republican establishment and a Democrat establishment and really a uniparty. There's so much that connected those parties. So for people like me and probably many of you out there, we, we had a, we didn't really fit in to any of these pegs. And, and the more I've analyzed Trump, that, that really is the attraction as to why his numbers went, I mean, way through the roof into the stratosphere. I mean, For for him to have those kinds of numbers and the love affair, it it was remarkable, people. Truly, truly remarkable. I mean, you have to really look at that and understand why. Ask yourself why. I mean, you know, it's for you, for us, for us simple people, it really was a love affair that when he said something, he did it. You don't get that in political circles. You, You just don't get that. I mean, they, they don't, no, none of them follow through with, with a damn thing. So Trump was different in that way. We, we did get that. Uh, and he, he did what he said he was going to do. But I, I think when you break it down and you understand conservatism and the values of the party itself, it, it blows my mind that Donald Trump was the one to do it. And this was a guy that was a Democrat for a good part of his life and gave to both parties And that was just being a smart businessman, by the way. I totally get that. I have no qualms with that at all. And it's just smart, smart business. In fact, all of Hollywood and all of the business community could take lessons from Donald Trump when he was the businessman. Truthfully, think about it. They could take lessons from him. That you play the whole field. That's just smart business. That's a smart entertainer. That's just smart. I mean, why wouldn't you? That, that's being more politically astute when you play the entire field. See, that's what Trump is. See, Trump is, in the way of his famed book, The Art of the Deal. You know, you, you look at the, the, the deal itself. You know, what, what is the art of the deal? And he did that for all those years in the boredom and realized to get something done, you have to play the establishment. You have to play both sides of the political aisle uh, to get it done. That's just the way Washington is. That's the way our government always has been from the early, early beginning of of the parties when George Washington. I mean, that's when the parties uh, all took shape was the Federalist Party and the Democratic Republican Party was one at that point. Hard to imagine, but it was a little different then. But, you know, as we've seen that, it was always about these views of where America was going to go. Where where do we want to take America? Uh, So Trump, he. He seemed a little differently, very pragmatic as a businessman, very pragmatic the way he uh, goes after problems. And, you know, when you look at his family, they're actually more Democrat than they are Republican. I mean, you look at his da- daughter, Ivanka, she would have fit more into the Democrat Party for sure. Now, I'm, I'm sure that Trump, her dad, has made her more conservative minded. But also, I would say to you, Ivanka has made Trump her dad Uh, more liberally minded as well. Now, there's nothing wrong with having the balance of all that, people. There's nothing wrong with being compassionate. In fact, compassionate conservatism. What's wrong with that, right? That's a whole nother phrase that should be popular out there, compassionate conservatism. And really, Trump has been that. When you see what he's done for prison reform and you see what he's done for the people and you see, you know, he really was the voice of the people and the attraction to that. So I get that, compassionate conservatism, what that means. That's what the Republican Party was lacking for all those years that I would rail against it. It was lacking, compassionate conservatism, you see? And that's what I think Trump brought to the party there. That's what he brought to the whole game. And that's why he engaged the people and the Republican Party at the grassroots level. and people seen him and I I think the biggest surprise was when he got into office in this historical election of 2016, people were shocked. There were a lot of people who didn't vote for him in 2016 that voted for him in 2020, based on the fact that they were blown away. I mean, truly blown away at the fact that Trump fulfilled the promises that he said he was going to fulfill. He executed on his word or his promise to the people. And I think that was something that was very, very unique for the people to see uh, anybody come along to put their money where their mouth is and do what they say they that you need to do. That's, that's a remarkable point of this presidency and of this man that will never be forgotten, people, never I mean, it was almost like, I mean, and I get that as a CEO. It's like having a checklist in your pocket, in your suit pocket, and you pull out the checklist and you come down. It's like you check off a bing and a bing and a bing. And I do that myself. I mean, I understand this thinking. And that's kind of, that was a serious, but that just tells you, that's where the magic is. That's where the rubber meets the road. And I mean, I totally get this. I can see him, really, in 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 a boardroom or in, in uh, the White House or in a, in a lounge, in a street corner lounge somewhere. It doesn't matter where, but any of those places. I could see him sitting there. I, I really can. And going in his suit pocket and taking out a list and... And okay, I, I did that, brought that relief to the people. I did that tax reform over there. Okay, we're building the wall over here. Okay, great. We're doing that. Now, how are we doing over here with the trade deal? Yeah, we got to get that trade deal right there. Okay, good. We got that. Let me see if we can do this over here. Now, what if we can improve relations over here? We can make more out of here with that deal with Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got China over here. Okay. And, uh, and you know, that's just how he operates. He comes down a list, you see. Now, we could just do this and this. And that's really where his mind was. That's how he operated off of a checklist. And it's like, that's why he multi at the level he could and he did. And he, he, he would get shit done that nobody ever got done. I mean, and it was way outside the realm of D.C., and you know, and that's why they just didn't He made them so uncomfortable They didn't know what to do with Donald Trump They had no idea They'd never seen this before They don't have that same list in the pocket, people This is not these people They don't have that kind of a list These people, they, they wouldn't know that they, they have no concept of what that means These people just run on political talk They just throw empty promises out there And they get in there And they just go along to get along you know, it's they're not they're not building a brand. See, that's the excitement of what Donald Trump has brought to conservatism. And the more I start to see that, and the more I really understand and think about it, the more exciting it really is. It it just makes me think about, you know, what he bought to the party there. Truly, truly remarkable here. I want to take a moment to remind you to get to ShopToTheRight.com, friends. We've got to remember to, if we're going to take this country back. We've got to start to support these sort of movements. Uh, this is a nationwide database of, of businesses, of uh, people that have your values out there, you know, your American values. That's really important here. And a lot of this, we've started to see a lot of the companies we normally do business with that are supporting. We found this out over the past few years are supporting Antifa groups and Black Lives Matter Marxist groups and China overseas activities and less than spectacular things that don't support America or American values. This is a problem. This is a real problem. And the companies we're doing business with out there. And I was shocked when I started looking at some of the names. And it's remarkable. You take like a Nike shoe. I mean, you know, a sneaker, right? I mean, I never realized how corrupt they were. But I started to know that with the whole uh, Kaepernick football thing. Then you realize this is a really screwed up company. I mean, doesn't really support American values. And then I went out of my way not to buy them anymore. See, and recommend others don't buy them as well. And that's what we got to have more of. We, we've got to share our ideas together, you and I, so we know what not to partake in and who should we buy from. I mean, isn't this kind of important? If we're gonna you know, save our country, I, I think it is important. Money talks, remember. Money talks and you know what walks, right? They always said. <laughs> um, but yet you know, anyway, shop to the right. So it, 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 it's really a cool site. It's changing. This is a, really a growing phenomenon. So you're, you're only getting the early part of this now. But if you go there, and I recommend you go there every day, or multiple times a week, and check it out. And you can get by category. You can go and look by category and look at the kinds of people you want to do business with. Get some ideas, in fact, in your mind of who you want to do business with. Instead of going to the Amazons and the Walmarts, start to do business with other types of companies and patriots. Makes sense, doesn't it? And you can look by geography there and all of that. You can also list your business there for free. And there are other programs and stuff you can take a look at. Check it all out. It's all there at the site. Shop. Shop to the right.com take a look and uh, I think you'll find great value there and these are the kinds of things we're going to be supporting and and driving attention to in the future I guarantee you because why well because we love America and we want to save America people and we got to start got to put well like Trump we got to put our money where our mouth is right we got to do what we say we're going to do that's that's what Donald Trump has done are you doing that as well It's a question we need to ask ourselves all the time. We'll take a quick pause. Be back with more Voice of a Nation in just
0: a moment. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com.
1: My fellow Americans, we sure do love our convenient shopping options. But what happens after we buy? Are the products coming from China or overseas, thereby putting our fellow Americans out of business? Are the profits being sent to groups like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, groups that intend to destroy the freedoms that we enjoy? Well, listen, I'm an avid consumer just like you are, but I've realized that we need to think before we buy. Shopping should be convenient and easy, sure, but we need to be able to follow the money. Well, ShopToTheRight.com. It's brand new. It's a new shopping platform featuring American companies with a focus on products that are made right here in America. Well, listen, this is a novel idea and one that I believe will start to become more popular and create a shopping revolution. ShopToTheRight.com.
2: Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell.
0: The silent majority has spoken. We say let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com.
1: Yeah, part of the challenge in uh, DC politics is the fact, and we talk about it often enough, is there are no term limits uh for the senators and the congressmen, of course. And as I have proposed to you before, and if you haven't heard me say it before, I'll tell you right now, here's my policy. In my perfect uh, utopia, here's what it looks like. The president, term limits. I mean, he's the only one right now that's on term limits. Okay, so we've got him there. Uh, You've got your uh, your senators and congressmen. Everybody's on term limits. You can have two of six and six of two. 12 years max uh, for the uh, entire Congress, okay? That's for sure. But then the Supreme Court as well. No more lifetime appointments in my world. Also term limits. Okay, Uh, we can pick that number. It can be 12 or maybe we want to go longer. I don't know. We can have that discussion. I'm open to that. Could be 20, could be 18, could be 12, whatever. See, you know, I'm good to talk about those things, but I just know they shouldn't be there at 90 years old on, on an oxygen tank. Okay, losing their mind. That's for damn sure. And, and you know, you got to get the old out to get the new in. That's the biggest thing you got to create. Again, we need fresh oxygen. We need to create more backdrafts in Washington. We need more of that backdraft stuff. That's what we need. More oxygen hitting, oxygen depleted environments, creating bonfires everywhere. That's what we need. You want to clean up Washington? More backdrafts. Get fresh oxygen in there, just like Trump was to the establishment. Trump is a backdraft to the damn establishment. Oh, that's what you want, you wanna fix DC? This is how you do it, people, okay? This is how you do it. So you, you, you term limit everybody. Nobody should be up there getting that comfortable that they think they own the place, like McConnell, like Schumer, like McCarthy, uh, Pelosi, any of these cats. I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, independent or communist, they're all full of you know what, okay? Right? So you've got to keep them up there and then get them out of there. That's the way the framers always seen this thing anyways. It's the way the founders did it. You went and served. You went home and did your other thing. We need to put a revolving door on D.C., just like when you go into one of those department stores and, you know, you get caught in the door and it swings your ass around, 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 around. and That's what we need in D.C. We need one of those doors. It just keeps swinging in and out. Get in, do your business, leave. Wipe yourself when you leave, please. You're done. Thank you very much. That's what, that's what you got to have. If you want people less, to be less comfortable, the more comfortable people get, the worse things are going to be, people, and the less results you're going to have, all right? So for the others who say, well, but then we'll have all this experience, you know what? I don't even want to hear it. I'd rather have fresh blood coming in than keeping these same pecker heads up there forever for a lifetime, Okay. So put a door up there, swing it around, create more backdrafts, more bonfires blowing. This is, this is how you fix it. You, you want to clean a swamp? You, is that the game plan here? That's how you clean the swamp, right? I got news for you. Donald Trump, uh, let's see what happens ahead. We'll, we'll see what takes place in D.C., but uh, I'm, I'm sure he would uh, change a few things if he could do it again. He'd take that swamp a little bit faster, quicker, and pull that plug a little hard to create a few more backdrafts for sure. But back to term limits, I'd go further as well. I'd take your government agencies, your NSA, your FBI, your CIA, your DO, any of the alphabet crap, any of them. Everybody, all the directors at a certain level up, just take a just let's figure this out. Just take a point up. And all directors at a top level, and and that middle level up, when maybe it's VPs, maybe it's the directors of, but anybody in powerful positions, they need to be also on term type limits. Okay, so they, again, we can pick that number, that number, but you can't be a career, you can't sit there for 40 or 50 years and, and, and grow a beard. Can't do it, can't do it. Gotta get in, serve, leave. Let that door keep shuffling around, new blood in. And that's that's the only way I see that you clean up really this establishment. And, and I, I know some would argue me back with that, but you know I, I know this is what I believe. If you really want to drain a swamp, if you want to clean up an establishment and you want to keep it fresh, just like your tidy bowl at home in your bathroom, you got to spray the fresher around, clean things up and move the trash out. It's so the same thing in DC people, Okay. It's not real harsh, not real complicated, is it? Not at all. So let's not just term the president. Let's term all these other cats across the board. Everything from the Supreme Court to the agencies uh, to, to Congress. Everybody should be termed limited in DC. It should be the rule of the land. Okay. That's it. And, and that's the only way you're gonna continue to get fresh blood in there and do what the frame has initially seen. You go to DC to serve our beautiful paradise, our Republic, and then you leave. Now, if we could get that done in our lifetime, people, we could save a, a lot of future bloodshed, a lot of problems down the road. I mean, this this would be huge, significant. And I, I we need to propose this to others, but this has been my idea all along. And, and it's really what needs to happen. In, in D.C. if you wanna fix things. So, I mean, it, and for those who argue back about experience and all that and let the voters, it, BS, BS, the system is corrupted. And all these politicians do is create their own personal brands and their own personal brands. And then people go in because that's the only name they know on there because it's the same jackass that's been running for 50 years. What do you expect? I mean, come on, you're, you're going there. People don't study this stuff. You go in there, you look at, you know, you look at a bunch of names, say, well, yeah, I know that one there. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know McCarthy. I'll, I'll vote for him. Uh, I'll vote for Cheney. I know who she is. But what do they say? Better to have know the cancer you have that you don't have or something like that. Right. Or whatever. The pain. Forget about it. So you gotta you gotta freshen things up, just like the tide coming in. You know, when you get, you're get you at the ocean, and the tide comes in and then washes out the old and brings in the new. It's the same thing in DC. There's no other way to do this. So with Trump now, I bring it back to this conservatism and I'm thinking back to what's happened with the Republican party and where we're at. And we are in a new day for sure. Just as again, it's been the Republican party since the early 1860s, since they really replaced the Whig party. And that was the last big shakeup we had in political parties in our country. So think about that. It's been well over 150 years. I'm here to say, I think it's time for another shakeup right now in political parties. And we should rename them all. And first of all, let me talk about the Democrat first and the infiltration of what's happened there. Now, I think everybody would agree, or most everybody, or reasonably minded people anyways, the Democrat party has been infiltrated, for sure. It's, this not, it's not a talking point, people, but with far left extreme political ideology, uh, very Marxist in nature, for sure. I mean, listen, they use words like progressivism and socialism and this sort of thing, which doesn't mean anything to any, I mean, this is really Marxist, communist, Uh, policies and things that are going to create a lot of pain for our country, which we're seeing those policies implemented right now under Biden-Harris. A lot of people and, you know, and, and those clowns out there, by the way, who for those people who did vote for these clowns, who thought, well, they're probably better than the Trump. So I'll, I'll just, what the hell, I'll just vote for them. And now you see it, it, their list that they're coming down and they don't have a handy dandy checklist in their suit pocket like Trump has. These these people uh, are, are, are they're, they're going through a different means. You know, their list is coming from uh, the globalists. You understand the difference? They're, they're, their list is a pocketed checklist from the globalist. This is what's happening. And um, those people who voted there for them, I mean, they've got to be out of their flipping minds now when they see the, you know, the harsh agenda. Now, some of this agenda, you know, I, I know everybody says, well, Biden and Harris said they were going to do all this. See, I don't really agree with that. I don't think they said all of this that they were going to do. I think they did a lot of lying and a lot of doublespeak is what they did. And, and Biden, for sure, he did that all on the fracking and the energy. He lied like hell. He doublespeak speak everywhere, man. So I know some say, well, he told us everything he's going to do. No, I don't agree with that. He didn't. And they didn't. Now, they said some things for sure. But when you look at how radical their agenda is, and we knew it was somewhat radical going in, but my golly, it's way massive radical coming out. Well, those people who voted for that now and they, they took their chances like they, they went into the roulette table and what the hell, they put it all on red. Well, you people are screwed. You look what you've done now to the rest of us. I mean, look what they've done. You people ought to be sinful and shameful and put your sorry ass in the corner and go without... I mean, you people are... Look what you've done. I mean, if you didn't vote for these clowns, we wouldn't be having the challenge and the problems now, would we? I'm talking that's separate from any election fraud or voter fraud and all that nonsense over here I'm talking about. We know all that happened. That's not what I'm talking about here. But there are some people who voted for these clowns. And those people are sinful and should be sulking for what they've done. Just look at their policies. Anybody who has a mind that's, that's not a Marxist. Now, if you're an AOC or you're a Marxist, then you're not going to understand any part of this anyways. It doesn't matter. You're a globalist. You're a Demo- So bottom line is we need to rename the Democrat Party. That's where I'm going. And I've renamed them a few years back. I mean, there's no doubt. I've been calling them the Socialist Marxist Democrat Party of America. It's what they are. It's what they are. They're communist. And the infiltration in that party is is significant. And these people are not for the common man. They're not for Black America, Hispanic America. They're not for the middle class. These are for the elites. That's what Marxism and socialism is, people. It's the elites and the rest of us. It's all it is. So it's a joke. Anybody who thinks they're for you, you, you've got a few brain cells missing if you think that this party is for you. These are the elites. This is Marxism 101. The rest of you don't qualify in the club. Let's be let's be clear what we're talking about here. Okay. so that party needs to be renamed. But you know, and I say, well, they won't rename themselves. Well, we can rename them. To hell with what they say. We'll rename them. And then we say, well, the media won't. Well, that's another challenge we need. We need to talk about is the media, because th- these people are the problem. Okay, these people. And for those of you who are going to any of these cats for information and news, you also need your brain cells checked. And if you're sharing all that stuff out there, and that you you need some problems. I mean, you got to get over to America out loud and get over to. Groups like us that are grassroots movements that are making a difference out there with the real word, with conservative values and patriotic values. Too many people talk a big story, but you don't get off your ass and do anything. That's the problem I have, you know. So rename the party. okay? let's call it what it is. Now, let's take a look at, again, the Republican Party. I think it's time to rename the Republican Party as well. I'm going to say it. I just said it. Uh, I think that name is, that brand is tainted and dusty and crusty and crappy. And I think it's time to rename the Republican Party something fresh, something, it doesn't have to be MAGA and doesn't have to be Patriot. We can name, I mean, I'm not talking about offending anybody here. You understand? I want an inclusive party, but it is time to rename that party because Trump has made conservatism cool again, and he has really reestablished the Republican brand in unique ways. But I think if you really want to get outside the lines, if you really want to drop the box, you want a fresh new world, that's how you do it, people. You rename the party, I'm telling you. I have a marketing background, an advertising branded background, and this is what we do. When a brand gets tainted and twisted, and dusty old and obnoxious you have one path forward you 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 rebrand it you reestablish the connection because what trump has done with conservatism in the republican party is huge huge what he's done i mean he's reestablished conservative values he's made it cool again to be conservative in america he's done a lot of cool stuff people so I think that's what I see as the real impact of Donald Trump. I'll I'll tell you, he's, I've told you from day one, no matter what, he's a historical figure in historical landscape of American politics that will not soon ever be forgotten. What I think he's done for this, I think he has, He's created a backdraft in the Republican party is what he's done, he's created a backdraft. He, there was no oxygen in there, it was totally oxygen depleted. And he, and he, and he blew in the, now some people couldn't handle that. So you, you understand what I'm saying here. Some people that, 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 that oxygen came in as like, not only did it wake their brain up, but it created the fire and blew their ass up. Like, oh man, this guy's not presidential. Well, no kidding. Wasn't supposed to be presidential to your watch. I mean, it was never about that. So see, that's where he created a backdraft in the entire Republican party. And those people that were caught off guard, all of those people, you know, well, the, the Susan, Susan Collins and the Lisa Murkowski's and the Ben Sassers and the Mitt Romney's and the Liz Cheney's and the blah, 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 uh, the, the McCarthy's, there's a whole litany of them. Uh, you know, not impressed. But those people, they, they got a rude awake. Now, some people got, you know, like they got the spot, like McCarthy. Like he, he went down to Mar-a-Lago to, 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 to kiss up to Trump because he he initially stepped in it after the sixth and said some um, pretty stupid stuff. But then he went down to make up. And Trump knew it. He's he's a again, he's a political wind guy. This is what they all do. They wake up in the morning and they. They, they, they step out, it's like Groundhog Day in their world. They step outside their front door, they put their finger, just like I'm doing right now, their finger up in the air like this. They First you put your finger in your tongue, You go, yeah. And you put it up in the air and you see just exactly which way the political winds are blowing whatever way their blood, sugar, ah, that's what it is. So right after the six, McCarthy did that with the finger like that, with the tongue, or just like that, put it up there like this and said, oh, yeah, oh, Trump's a bad boy. Shouldn't be doing that. This should never be. Yeah, Oh, man. Yeah, this Donald Trump shouldn't have done that, man. Yeah, he's responsible for this. Yeah, Oh, OK, McCarthy. And then, you know, a few days later, he sees. Oh, my God, the people are still supporting Trump. Yeah, what, what? What? 80, 90% still? What? The people? They they think he's still the man? Oh, my God. Now he walks out in the morning again, you know, the following morning. Same thing with the tongue. Put the finger up. Oh, political. Oh, oh, they're blowing that. Oh, shit. Jump on a plane and get down to more like, oh, but Donald Trump. Yes, yes, you're doing good. This is how Washington works, people. Just got to wa- watch which way the political winds blow. And then they all jump on. There ain't many of them at all that have a backbone. They would sell out their mother for a hot date, people. I mean, come on. You know, it is what it is. Right. So, you know, they just they, they don't have the American spirit. So Trump has made it cool again to be a conservative. That's the bottom line here. OK, but I do think if you put a fresh name and you polish that Republican brand of time to lose the elephant, uh, lose the elephant, keep the jackass for the Marxist left, or maybe we can create Godzilla or something for the communist. I'm fine with that. But uh, lose the elephant, let's come up with something else. I'd I like the eagle. I, I love the American eagle. Uh, I'm, I, again, I'm a patriot. I love our country. Bring the eagle in. Let's call it the eagle something. The eagle, eagle spiegel. I don't know. We can rename the party, come up with the name. We can do a whiteboard on that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll direct the whiteboard and get some of our big thinkers in, and we'll come up with a great name and a great image for the new Republican Party, um, making conservatism cool again. Uh, And uh, and that's all thanks to uh, number 45, Donald Trump. Make no mistake about it. uh, The man was revolutionary in how he did this. There's a lot of politics to play out yet, people, in the next couple of elections for sure. Anxious to see how it all works out. Uh, Either we become the the uh, United Marxist Socialist States of America, or we retain our independence and we keep the United States of America, or a red America and a blue America, right? I mean, what what are you going to do, right? I mean, it's one or the other or something, because we're not going to unite with the Marxist communists. So not quite sure how that's, I have a lot of questions still to the way that plays out. Believe me, you it's Again, I'm just being real, just making it real. Thank you, my fellow Americans for being with me as always on the journey. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com is the email. Get back at AmericaOutloud.com. I hope you love America as much as I love America and let's make it happen here. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud.